0: Hey, what's going on? This is the Educated Guest Podcast. I'm Justin, your host. If this is your first time joining us, thank you first and foremost. This is a space, this is a community, this is a movement centered around decentralized art education. Not that the uh, establishment, so to speak, is the issue, but I'm working hard and we're working hard to make sure that people have accessibility to the tools, the skills the mindset that were required to really figure out what your dreams are reconnect with your dreams and to make sure that you're actually accomplishing what you want to and that takes a combination of dreaming and a com- alongside a lot of discipline so we talk about a lot of these things we bring guests on the show we have hosted events in the past plenty of stuff upcoming if you want to stay well, aware of what we have going on, um, go ahead and go to educated guests.com and you can be sure to find everything you need to find there. Um, you can subscribe to our newsletter and um, just stay in, stay in touch. That said, all the advertising stuff out of the way, all of the plugs, not shy about giving plugs anymore. You know, we do great work. I, we believe in what we're doing, we believe in what we're talking about, and we truly live it. So I'm not shy about advertising anything we're doing. So if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me uh, via email, once you get an email newsletter, or you can just reach out to me directly. It's justin at educated-guest.com, justin at educated-guest.com, feel free to reach out to me. So for today's show, we actually do not have a guest. I've had a couple of uh, points of feedback from friends, family, and strangers alike saying they want to hear more from me. And... At first, I was hesitant because this was about distributed network of professors, quote unquote. But I do have a couple things to say, and um, I feel like this will help make things a little bit more eye to eye for people who might be early 20s, late teens, hell, even people in the 40s that I might be able to inspire. So I got a couple things to say. Today, we are talking about happiness not being the same as satisfaction. Happiness is not the same as satisfaction. Many times, I've experienced at least, in the world of art and design, frustration is like a consistent thing. It runs rampant. It's all over the place. I would argue even that the most renowned artists, historically and in a contemporary sense, frequently create from a place of discontent, a mind of aggravation, always frustrated about something. And that fuels the creativity. I would argue that's the same for me and for most. Um, In fact, many of these same great artists and thinkers that we've been taught to deify, you know, the Michelangelo's, the Claude Monet's, the list goes on, the Van Gogh's, actually lived a life of incredible sadness. And I don't want to just summarize their life in, in one term like that, but it's important that we don't ignore their struggles with the sads. Very melancholic nature, very misanthropic attitude. Um, so unfortunately the number of examples are too numerous to ignore. Let's go through them real quick so Claude Monet once jumped off a bridge into the Seine River while struggling to get his art approved with the uh, French art establishment seeking their approval um, to continue entire books have been written in an attempt to understand Van Gogh's mental state leading up to his death by suicide in 1890 I think it was about 1890 and And Mark Rothko, David Foster Wallace, too. I'm trying to think of other examples. All of these people face a similar fate. And I got to thinking about this this week. And it made me wonder if any of these stories are outliers. And I would say definitively, no, these stories are not outliers. None of them. So fighting with the French art establishment might seem like a folk tale to most. might seem like something that is unfathomable in 2019, yet we all wrestle with a much larger establishment. We all have our establishment. Each time we post a piece of our artwork on our timeline, that's our establishment. Social media isn't inherently good or bad. I'm not commenting on that because I truly don't believe it is. Social media is a megaphone for whatever it is you're doing. Social media is a light shining on you. If you know how to use it, not saying I'm the expert at this, but if you know how to use it and control it the same way alcohol isn't inherently good or bad, cigarettes aren't or cigarettes are bad for you. But a cigarette laying on the ground isn't inherently good or bad. It's always in relationship to something else. So back to the the point here, social media isn't inherently good or bad, just as the French art establishment isn't either. Um, I'm simply making a case for how we can confuse satisfaction with happiness. And there's this there's this old Buddhist tradition uh, that has a great way of categorizing the destructive mind state that one might normally uh, put next to social media use. Um, I like to think of it as a poison because that's how it was first taught to me. So poisons, these poisons are threefold. There's three poisons. The first poison is greed. The second poison is hatred. And the third poison is delusion. So an author, John Kabat-Zinn, refers to the act of greed as the cascade of dissatisfactions, the cascade of dissatisfactions. And naturally, we're all ambitious and goal-oriented. So greed seems like a natural tendency of ours everyone wants more money you want more for your life of course you'd rather get 100 likes on instagram as opposed to 99 of course you'd love to have four trophies instead of three and we could all use a little bit more money in our bank account and quite frankly that could be the difference between guac on your burrito bowl and no guacamole on your burrito bowl so unfortunately, we start believing that we will be whole once the object of our desire, let's say it is the money, it is the fame, it is the accolade. Once that object of our desire is finally ours, this engine for the, the, the long car ride of suffering starts. And the suffering, while it is a part of life, can turn everything upside down for us. We don't know how to handle it. We don't know how to cope. We don't have any tools in our tool belt to fix the feeling we have. Not that it needs fixing as if it's broken, but we don't know how to assess what's broken and we don't know how to react because we weren't prepared. And that's okay. That's okay, but it's not okay to stay in that lack of preparation mode. It's not okay to stay in a uh, an unprepared mindset. So one of my favorite movies Cool Runnings. It came out in like 95 or something like that. I was two. Not a I unapologetically say that because I love everything about my childhood. It was great. So, Cool Runnings. There's this particular scene where Darice sits and he asks Coach, uh, he asks Irv Blitzer, what's his name? Ir- Irv Blitzer, like a fire name. Irv Blitzer. Let's just meditate. <laughs> He asked Irv about why he cheated in the Olympics. So if you're not familiar with Cool Runnings, go watch it. It's an amazing movie. I'm not going to sit here and spoil all the details. But he asked why he cheated in the Olympics. It might be the spoiler, but who cares? So Irv responds by explaining how winning had become his whole life. How winning had become his whole life. He explained how the object of his desire became his willingness to win. And he was willing to do whatever it took to, to continue to get that dopamine hit. So finally he says to to D'Aurice, a gold medal is a wonderful thing, but if you're not enough without it, you'll never be enough with it. When I was watching that, when I was five years old, six years old, seven years old, whatever that was and I saw it for the first time, of course it never really hits home. You're not concerned about being too attached to something because your only definition of who you are is is so amorphous. You have no clear definition. You have nothing to stand on. So all you do as a seven year old is look to the future. You already assume that you're going to grow. You're gonna grow taller, you're gonna get bigger you're going to start going to a new grade everything is seen through the lens of growth so yes you might be perpetually dissatisfied with being shorter than the other kid in class but you know that you're going that you're growing you're getting you're getting taller you might be dissatisfied with being in 7th grade but you know you're going to be in 8th grade next year it's dissatisfaction with the current state. But that never, ever, ever stole my happiness. Because you knew there was going to be another year. That you knew that you were going to be taller next year. You knew you were going to be smarter next year. You knew you were going to have a new friend next year. There was an abundance mindset. So do you you didn't attach yourself to the things of today. You didn't think about... Your Christmas gift from 1999 because you knew there might be another Christmas gifts in 2000 that you would love even more. And think about that. Let's think about that Christmas gift analogy. Every moment where we had our favorite toy, I remember when I was young, there was, so I'm a, I'm a big Yu Gi Oh fan. Still am. I'll still watch it on Netflix. I don't care. Like, I'm a nerd. I don't care. I love Yu Gi Oh. So in Yu-Gi-Oh, they have these things called dual discs. And I remember I asked for a dual disc for Christmas and I got it. And I was so happy. I was mad, too, because I had like mint condition cards and I didn't want to put them in the dual disc because it, it started messing up the cards. I'm pretty sure this thing was made by Tycho. So I'm mad at Tycho. I'm like, bro, why didn't y'all think about this? I have cards that are probably worth $50 each holographic, first edition, all this stuff, putting it in there, and it's going to bend up the card, so I'm not actually going to use the dual disc. But I was so happy about this dual disc. It was like, whenever that, I don't even know what year that was, but the point is the very next year, I'd forgotten all about that dual disc. It was underneath the bed somewhere. It's not because I didn't love it, but I didn't attach my happiness, my holistic being to having that thing. So this this and, you know, I could go on and on with other examples. Matter of fact, send me an email of an example of a time that you felt happiness. You felt as if your happiness was attached to something, but you overcame that feeling. So whether that was a time when you were seeking an award, you were seeking recognition, you were seeking a job, when you felt like your happiness was attached to something, Send me an email. and Just let me know how you got through that. And I'll, I'll talk about it on our next episode. Can't guarantee the next one because it depends on when you send it in, but I'll talk about it in the future. Give you a shout out. So this, my friends, is the essence of your incessant dissatisfaction. So imagine tying your self-worth to winning a gold medal. Naturally, not winning would, would devolve into hatred for those who did. It's a natural feeling. If your self-worth was tied to a design award, of course you're going to be mad when someone else gets it. I'm just being real. You're going to be upset. You're going to hate on them. Talk about haters in hip-hop. Like People are only mad because one of two things happened. One, their winning of the Grammy Award was the cure for their insecurity. And two or two it could be one or the other i'm not saying it's always one and two or two they knew that they didn't work as hard as that person who won so that breeds the next step of this what of what the buddhist teaching sort of teaches or says is that delusion sets in when we start misassigning a narrative to explain why you didn't win oh well You know this person. See, they grew up in that neighborhood over there. Nah, man. So, nah they they were in they were in the higher class to me. They didn't have to deal what I had to deal with. Sound familiar? If this sounds like you, I'm not saying I've never been there before too. I'm able. I'm real with you. I'm there all the time. I've hated on people so much over my lifetime that it's ridiculous. Not to say I don't praise people, not to say I'm not happy for people, but my natural tendency just being open and honest with with the audience here. And if you're sitting out there listening, we got listeners all over the world. Shout out to to Canada, huge listener base there. Uh, Shout out to LA. No, that's not even a country, but it feels like a country. So I'm going to say it in parallel to Canada. (laughs) And uh, we got some listeners in France. So if you're sitting in France right now, in Lyon, if you're sitting in Lyon listening, just know that I'm sitting here, as a as as a, having a testimony of hatred for other people, and it's not hatred as if I want them to fail. I'm just mad that I didn't win. And just to as a reminder, what we're talking about today, happiness, is not the same as satisfaction. Happiness is not the same as satisfaction. And I'm telling you all these, these stories. I'm being completely vulnerable, completely open and honest with you. Not to say that, oh, I'm a broken person. Look at me. Woe is me? I'm saying, yo, I have issues in the same areas that I'm speaking to you about. And I work and I recognize and I start to recognize my patterns. Then I can change if I know, and I'm going to use a quick analogy, if I know that I got a certain spot on the floor that I just can't make a shot from, and if I'm still trying to shoot that same shot and getting mad when I miss it, I'm crazy. So I got to change the game. I got to recognize where my weaknesses are, at least acknowledge them and then begin to change them. So tighten up weaknesses all across the board here. And, um, to continue on that story, so let's get back to the to the point here. So, how do you combat this feeling of lack? That might be a normal question. How do you combat the feeling of mm, scarcity? Scarcity is a great word for happiness versus satisfaction. It begins with realizing that you're perfect just as you are right now. And I'm not saying that you are not meant to grow. I'm saying that everything that you have in your life, everything you've created, everything that you are experiencing right now is a product of everything you believed you were worthy to experience. If you were stuck at a job you don't like, it's because somewhere deeply, deep inside of your, ooh, like in your soul, Believes that that's all that you're worthy of. I'm here to tell you that's not true. But I can tell you it's not true all that I want to. But until you realize that it's not true, you'll continually reach the breaking point and you'll want to say, oh, well, you'll see over the fence. You'll be like, ah, I see where it can go. But no, like, uh nah, grass ain't always greener. I better water my grass. And it's okay. It's true. Grass isn't always greener. But you can have a preference for which grass you like. And I know all about grass because I play golf. There's Bermuda, there's bent, there's Georgia. There's Poana. There's bluegrass. There's fescue. So which one do you like? That's your choice. You can make a choice. And you can water all those different types of grass. You can have brown grass, green grass. Whatever. So the tools of loving yourself before you set off towards your destination must happen. And to bring it back to the very thesis of what I'm talking about today, happiness not being the same as satisfaction. If I'm satisfied with something, if I'm satisfied, if I'm okay with Let's go super basic. Well, let's go super basic. If I'm co- okay in grade school with making a 92, I made good grades. And I realized this is a mindset I had. That's why I'm able to speak so fluently and fluidly about it. If I realize that a 92 is okay with me and I'm like, bro, I made a 92. That's, that's cool, man. Like, you know, I didn't really need a 93 in this class. I didn't need a 95. I didn't need a 98. I just need a 92. That's still an A. That mindset right there, the mindset of, oh, it's still an A. It's still an A. All that I hear when I listen to my old version of myself, when I listen to, you know, it ain't any versions of myself. It's when I listen to my deepest truths about myself. And when you sit back and you say, all right, Justin, like, it's still an A. That mindset carries on with you. And I always wonder about what type of dad I'm gonna be in the future. That's one of my biggest points of anxiety is am I gonna be a good dad? What type of dad am I gonna be? And one thing that I know that I wanna do, because I expect the, you know, my kids, son, daughter, whatever I have, will will be extremely ambitious. I know they're going to be curious. I know they're going to ask why about everything. That's what every kid does. And I always wonder how I'll react to the first sign of talent that I see in them. And there's two options. There's option one. Option one is to clap for the result. They draw a pretty picture and I clap for the result. Or if they draw a pretty picture, beautiful image, great imagination, great imagination. I can clap for the effort. I can clap for the intentionality. I can clap for the thoroughness. And that's what I'm trying to do for me. That's what I am doing for me. I clap for my own effort. I don't clap when I get a result. I don't clap when I get just an A. It's still an A. That still an A mindset will leave you at age 26, which I, I am now. That's still, oh, it's still an A mindset creeps in. And I I love football, I love sports because I think it's so analogous to life. So, 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 so pertinent. And then one thing Nick Saban always says is there's nothing worse than a a bad win. There's nothing worse than winning a game when you didn't perform your best because then it gives you an excuse to slack off the next time. If you realize you can win by giving 70%, you'll be straight, you'll be good until you come up against somebody who's always given 100%. So I've given a ton of examples already. We talked about the seven-year-old experience of being happily dissatisfied with where you are. We talked about you know, the experience of what it's like to be satisfied and how that carries on in a negative connotation throughout the rest of your life. If you're satisfied, you're not hungry. And as artists and designers, we need to be hungry for service. We need to be hungry to provide value to the world. Not that we're the only ones that can do it, but that's, that's the community I'm speaking to. The people who feel like they have something unique to say, who feel like their voice needs to be heard, who, feels, who feel like they have a unique perspective and an experience that's worth sharing. It's always in service to others, find your students the Plato and Socrates relationship. Find it. Find where your students are. So when it comes to this dissatisfaction, back to the thesis, happiness is not the same as this It's not the same as satisfaction. I can be in seventh grade and love every minute of my seventh grade PE class and you know whatever is going on then, but I can still want to go to eighth grade. I don't want to stay in seventh grade. It doesn't mean I didn't love it. And any regret that I've experienced in life, and I don't have many regrets. I don't. I try not to think about life as regretful. It's just a combination of decisions. There is no regret. There is no regret. So in seventh grade, I can still want to be in eighth grade, but I can still fully appreciate where I am right now. Because guess what? From seventh to eighth, from sixth to seventh, from fifth to sixth, all these transitory moments in life, all these transitional moments in life, they don't seem, they seem like little blips when we're younger. They're like, oh, well, of course I'm gonna supposed to go to eighth grade. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be taller, I'm gonna be different, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to buy new clothes, all this stuff. But when we get to be 25, when we get to be 30, I imagine when we get to be 50, nobody's placed the next natural next step for us. I would argue that if I stay in decent shape, I can wear the exact same clothes when I'm 50 that I'm wearing right now. The exact same, the same t-shirt, the same shoes. And I can just coast. I can just make a 92 for the rest of my life. So again, as you go forward into the weekend and into next week and the following week and you wrap up 2019 and you're heading into 2020, it's going to be a new year, new me. Okay. I believe you. But do you believe you? Do you believe that? The highest moments of belief in my life. And I've always struggled with self-belief because I'm interested in so many different things and people have always tried to tell me what I should try to do, what I've tried to, you know, people love to tell me what who I should be, what I should be, what my next step should be. People love free advice. The advice, they don't come with no money. don't come with no sponsorship. don't come with no investment. It's just advice. Unsolicited. And I love people for that. I'm having more, more and more grace for people like that because they could just turn me off. They could change the channel. They could change the channel. And I'm grateful for anyone who's ever given me advice. Doesn't mean I have to listen to them, but I'm grateful for them. Because they create an incredible balance between my self belief and the ideas of others. So when you say new year, new me, when you say new month, new me, when you say new week, new me, I believe you. But do you? Do you believe that happiness can exist right where you are? Why do you have to wait till 2020 to find happiness? Happiness isn't over there, happiness isn't at the beach, happiness isn't in chile happiness isn't in tokyo happiness isn't in australia it's wherever you are you have to carry that person all the way to wherever you are wherever it is you're going i've had arguments where i want to slap people in the face in chicago one of my favorite cities i had arguments in atlanta i had arguments in birmingham i've been mad in Destin, Florida. I've been mad in LA. I've been mad in India. I've been mad in, you know, the airport in South Korea. I've been mad all over the world. I've had low moments of energy all over the world. So, what does that say about destinations? What does that say about satisfaction versus happiness? I can choose to be happy wherever I am, but to be dissatisfied. That's a, that's a driving force. That's a powerful force that'll continue to propel you forward. So don't give in to satisfaction. Don't think that, oh, this is what life is supposed to be like. Continue pushing. Keep going. Keep moving. And My dad sent me a text, and this, I'll close with this. My dad sent me a text around this time last year, I believe. Now, it was more like I think it was January 2018 I was really really struggling with some stuff you know quietly grinding things out not you know not really adding value to a lot of people I was just doing what I had to do to get through that time I wouldn't be in a light I was just being you know a candle keeping a little light on for myself I can read my little book I was being a candle I wouldn't be in a flashlight I was not being a radiant beam and he sent me this text off the boot blue- out the random, out the random, off the random, out of the blue, surreptitiously. <laughs> he sent a text. that was just a simple quote from Albert Einstein, and it said, life is like a bicycle. The only way to keep your balance is to keep pedaling. So dissatisfaction is the pedaling. Happiness is the wind blowing past your ears. Happiness is recognizing that feeling, zooming down the hill. Happiness is the coast down that next hill. Dissatisfaction is the push, the pedaling up the hill. As soon as you stop pedaling, you can coast for a little bit, but eventually... You're gonna run out of steam. The inertia is gonna set in, the friction's gonna set in, and you're going to stop. You're gonna tilt and tip over left or right. So continue today, do your thing. Thank you for being attentive. Thank you for your your time. I know time is precious. Time is whatever you make it. So make it amazing. Make it fruitful. Plant your seeds. Be well and do good. I appreciate you. And for any other questions you might have, send in any ideas you have. I'm always here. I'm a friend, I'm your brother. I'm not higher, I'm not lower. So thank you again.